Going beyond the headlines? Getting to the heart of the story. Calgary Today with Joe McFarland on 770 CHQR. Greetings and salutations, friends. Hope all is well with you and yours. Thanks for checking back in with the Calgary Today podcast. It was certainly a week many here in Calgary won't soon forget. Not only was the 2020 edition of the Calgary Stampede and several other events cancelled because of the COVID-19 pandemic, but the city announced on Friday the ban on public gatherings is being extended until the end of August at the earliest. It's been tough, but it's also being viewed as a chance for us to take a collective step back and get ourselves ready for when the green light is actually given. On this episode of the podcast, we'll chat with In It Together's Jeff Bradshaw about their renewed efforts to remind everyone that we're in this all together. Katie Dodd will join us to talk about Propellus, formerly known as the Volunteer Centre and the new Alberta Cares Connector. Dr. Kwaju Pomposio will talk information and misinformation about the COVID collective and Kids Up Front becomes Kids at Home. The local charity's Carissa Thomas will take us through their change. We'll start things off this week with United Way Calgary President and CEO Karen Young as she penned an interesting blog this week entitled Leadership in a Time of Crisis. This is the Calgary Today Podcast. It was interesting to read Karen Young's latest post on CalgaryUnitedWay.org, where the title of it is called Leadership in a Time of Crisis. And Karen, the president and CEO, joins us now here on the program. In your mind, Karen, what does leadership mean to you? Uh, Yeah, thanks, Joe. It's uh, great to be here today. Thanks for having Mm -hmm. me. And, you know, the world really did uh, change overnight when there was a local state of emergency And uh, back in uh, 2013, I had the opportunity to run the emergency social services uh, for the flood. And so I kind of learned a few things about the importance of uh, compassion, uh, kindness and courage uh, during a time like this, along with having a positive mindset. And I'm really seeing that uh, when we pull together and work together in a collaborative way, Uh, we can really wrap our our arms around Calgarians uh, to provide the supports they need uh, during this crisis. So, you know, within 72 hours, we were able to stand up the Community Response Fund uh, together with the city and SEMA and the Calgary Foundation brought a million to the table. The Homeless Foundation joined in Calgary Health Trust. And so we've all really been working together to really make sure that our agencies have the supports they need to make sure that those that need us the most have supports. How are you looking at the leadership of today as compared to what we saw, say, even in 2013? Yeah, what I'm really uh, finding today, you know, when I look around, there's many of the same leaders, you know, uh, Mayor Nenshi, uh, Chief Tom Sampson, you know, James McCara from the Food Bank and others were, were actually standing here, you know, today trying to provide that support. But we've also learned a lot about uh, recovery and resiliency, and so we know that we need to get through the crisis, but we also know that there's going to be some long-term recovery and opportunities to thrive and be resilient uh, in the future. So this time we're also trying to lift ourselves up a little bit to make sure uh, that, that we're being strategic and thinking about some of our other opportunities. We've had some great support uh, from our donors and some of our corporate partners, you know, people like um, Shell and the Calgary Flames Foundation and Max and Enbridge, 
uh, all coming together to really think about what do we need to do now, next, and later. How important has communication been to the formula of coming back through a crisis? Yeah, well, you know, communication and being able to stay uh, calm uh, through this crisis is is really the key. I mean, people are looking to leaders in our city and making sure that we're working together in a coordinated way. Uh, so communication uh, more than ever uh, is really important and, and to be really transparent about that. You know, I really enjoy it when people are able to say, hey, you know, this social distancing could go on for a while now and we all really need to be able to do our part and people really need to know, you know, what is expected. And so when the leaders in our community can stand up and say that, uh, it can go a long way. And I'm just feeling that strong community and coming together as a community makes you resilient. And as an individual, you can be more resilient when you feel that you're part of a community. So that sense of connection and that sense of belonging is really important now more than ever. Are you finding that a lot of organizations are breaking down their own silos that might have maybe kept them in a bit of a lurch? Because we have been going through a relatively rough time here in the city and across this province over the last five years or so. Those barriers needed to be break, broken down before too long. Yeah, you know, we have been going uh, through a tough time with uh, the oil and gas situation in Calgary and uh, really working hard to work through that. And I know in the social sector, we have been talking more about collaboration and partnership and using innovation. And you'll recently have seen that the Boys and Girls Club and Aspen uh, Family Services have actually consolidated and, and merged together. And so you see agencies talking more about collaboration and partnership and how to do different things and how to do their business differently. Uh, because at the end of the day, we're really here for our vulnerable people that need us in these situations. And so we have to break down our silos and think about what's best for our citizens. We heard from the mayor and Tom Sampson earlier today, and this isn't going to be going away anytime soon. Everything's kind of getting shut down for the summer now. And uh, what's your main message to the leaders out there so that they can kind of guide us through the next few months here? Yeah, I really believe, you know, that reinvention uh, is going to come in Calgary, uh, but it won't happen right away. And so because people are feeling in survival mode and it's tough out there, but we also have to make some space uh, to think about what that reinvention is. And the more that we can work together now and follow the health orders that are in place, the quicker our recovery and resiliency will be later. You know, and my mom even said to me the other day, you know, through the things that she's been through in her life, you know, is this too shall pass. And so really knowing that we will get through this together when we're in this together, we can get through it together. But it's really going to take all of us coming together to think about how to do things differently in order to come out that other side. But I really know that there is a place for every person in our community and that we can build this new future together. It really is a great read. I'll post it up on my Twitter, at Calgary Today. Karen, thanks so much for joining us on the show. Great. Thanks for having me. Have a great weekend. You as well. Karen Young is uh, president and CEO of Calgary United Way. And there's one particular line that stood out to me in her blog post over the last couple of days. And it's, connected communities are more resilient communities and connected people are more resilient people. The more connected we are, 
essentially, the better off we're going to be. Couldn't agree more. Uh, There's no doubt about it. Businesses of all sizes across the city, across this country are being affected by this COVID-19 crisis. And a group that's hoping to maybe open up some lines of communication is inittogether.ca. And behind that effort is Jeff Bradshaw. And he joins us now here on the program. And and Jeff, give us a little bit of a snapshot as to um, the past of In It Together. Where did this all come from? Where did the idea originate? So we initially took the campaign off in 2015 when we had the downturn in the energy sector. We just we saw so much negativity in the market. We thought, you know what, let's go out and get some business leaders to share some positive thoughts. And so that was 2015. And then it just kind of it just kind of died off a bit. And and three weeks ago, um, we just thought, wow, you know, here we are in 2020 dealing with the uh, COVID pandemic, and just thought we had to bring it back to life. And so we've now got it back up again. And talking to all kind of business leaders to get them to share, you know, tips, ideas, uh, words of encouragement for each other. How integral has it been in the eyes of a lot of those who are not only taking part, but also being able to listen in, to watch, to be able to kind of soak in some of those ideas and some of those thoughts? You know what? Everybody I talk to is just very appreciative of the initiative. And I mean, to, to me, it's it's just about getting business leaders, business owners, small business operators to, to just share kind of where they're at. Because what you find is that when you're sitting in your office or in your business by yourself, it gets pretty lonely and it, it's it's pretty bleak. And so at least when you can kind of hear some words of encouragement from others, it just gives you a little bit of that lift and, and gets you to kind of keep moving forward and, and focus on the solutions. And that's really what we're trying to do with it. Does it really make it obvious when you watch some of this that hey we're also in this together and it's not like you're on on your own little island trying to navigate these waters 100 percent, and i and i think that you know it, it you're starting to see some common themes with what people are saying they're saying you know take care of yourself first make sure you're getting exercise taking care of your diet you know meditate all these things that different people are doing so that we're strong enough to be able to plan and get things back on track. And I mean, the ultimate goal is, is you know, when it's safe to do so, get the economy back on track and, and get people back to work. I mean, that that's our key focus here. Do you get any sense or do you get a sense that there are some key themes that are starting to develop through some of the messaging that's uh, come out from some of those leaders? Absolutely. I mean, I think that one of the big ones is is shopping local and supporting local businesses, you know, any way you can. And I, and I think... You know, a lot of people will lean towards the Amazons and the online purchases, but we got to remember that it's that small business operator, that local uh, company that are the ones that pay the taxes. And so we really need to shop local and support each other. Um, and that that's for the general consumer, but then also the business community needs to come together. And we're really zeroed in on not just Calgary. This is about an Alberta initiative. I mean, I think Alberta's really been kicked in the teeth between the energy downturn and and now this. And so... We want to pull together as a province and and get things back to being prosperous for everybody. You mentioned the mental health side of things a couple of seconds ago, and and that really strikes a chord with, I think, a lot of people is that they they realize that this is an opportunity to maybe take that deep breath and whether it's meditate or whether it's just, you know, maybe slowing down that day to day, it might not necessarily be a bad thing. Do you get that sense that business owners are starting to maybe turn that tide a little bit and stop with the rat race? Yeah, absolutely. I think that, you know, the comments that people are talking about, the quality time they're spending with 
the family and, and being able to connect with friends online through video conferencing and, and really reaching out to people that they haven't done because you just tend to get, you know, I'm too busy for that. You know, I, I'm, I'm spending amazing time with my kids playing games and shooting hoops out in front of the house and everything. Whereas, you know, a couple of months ago, I'd be like, ah, you know, I'm, I'm too busy for that. And so I, I absolutely, I think everybody's realizing that it, you know, you got to look for the good in these situations. Absolutely. Jeff Bradshaw is president and CEO of V Strategies, Inc. He's also the man behind inittogether.ca. And Jeff, before the break, we were talking about uh, some of the changes and some of the shifting that's been going on. Do you find that business owners are willing now to maybe change things up a little bit, maybe pivot a little bit more uh, to make sure that their employees are happy as well? Yes, absolutely. And, And I think one of the things that I think a lot of the business leaders are finding is that they're going, you know, our employees are absolutely integral to our businesses and they're, they're people, you know, where before people might think, well, I don't trust them working at home. I think that, you know, employees are shining through here and showing that they can work from home. They can be productive. They are committed to working together. And when we say we're in it together, it's literally the business leaders, the business owners, the employees, the entire community. So I think it will shift in the future. I think there will be more working from home and, you know, more balance. And I I think that's going to be a positive coming out of it. One of the things that I keep saying is that the new normal is going to look completely different from what we looked at pre-coronavirus. I think there's going to be some things that we're going to learn from this pandemic and go, we can insert this into our day-to-day lives. Is there anything that you've noticed that makes you think, yeah, that is exactly what's going to happen? Oh, you know what? I, I think that we're seeing it in all different bits and pieces. The way that we're shopping, the way we're interacting with friends and family, I think it's, it's absolutely going to change. And I think, and it's a good point. I mean, I always have, you know, the 80-20 rule applies to me. I think a lot of people spend 80% of the time focused on the problem and 20% on the solution. And I think we as a community need to turn that around. We know what the problems are. Let's spend 20% on that. And let's spend 80% of the time on the solutions. And I think that, you know, we all know that life is going to go on. So, Let's figure out how we're going to, you know, be better afterwards with that new normal. Do you think we got bogged down a little bit by that sentiment before coronavirus even here in Alberta? Because as you mentioned, we kind of got kicked in the teeth over the last five years or so. And it seemed as though there was plenty of blame going around without a whole lot of discussion about what the solutions might actually be. Absolutely. I mean, and that's why I think that we need to pull together as a province because, you know, it was it was bad and now it's worse. And everybody wants to point fingers. Well, pointing fingers doesn't do anything. I even think with, you know, the government, I think all, at all levels is doing an amazing job in doing what they can. But we can't just rely on the government and blame them for the mistakes they're making. It's It's everybody's responsibility to come together and come with solutions. What is your big hope within it in terms of whether it be business leaders, whether it be employees, whether it be the everyday person as they're watching and listening and viewing what exactly you're posting? You know what? It's just about getting people talking and just sharing some positivity and putting some hope out there and just encouraging everybody. I mean, I, I want my competitors to all survive. I want the local barber shop or the restaurant down the street to survive. And that's all we're doing. We're just trying to encourage people to talk, focus on the positives, focus on the solutions so that, you know, we're all better for it in the long term. There are a ton of videos if you want to go check them out, inittogether.ca. Jeff, thanks so much for joining us here on the show this afternoon. Thanks, Joe. Appreciate it. We heard from...
Premier Jason Kenney and, uh, and a number of others. And one of the groups who was involved kind of on the sidelines of it was Propellus, formerly the Volunteer Centre here in Calgary, as uh, the province unveiled a new tool to connect Albertans with volunteer opportunities during this crisis. And it's called the Alberta Cares Connector. Joining us from Propellus is Katie Dodd. And Katie, give us a bit of a snapshot as to what this Alberta Cares Connector is, first and foremost. Sure. So it's a provincial-wide site um, that helps to connect uh, connect uh, engaged community members to nonprofits and charities. And so give us uh, a bit of an idea when you go. Oh, go ahead. No, you go ahead. I'm sorry. Not a problem. I was just going to ask when somebody say there's a volunteer out there who wants to get involved. What are they going to see when they go online or when they make that phone call? Yeah. So they it's very very easy for them to find so they're going to go to alberta alberta, alberta cares connector.ca sorry sorry i'm stumbling on my words today i pro, i apologize mm-hmm. um the platform is very simple and intuitive um and then they just go to the website and they're going to see opportunities right away and it's really interesting because we already received some feedback from a volunteer um this morning they heard the announcement from the government and um, they were interested in looking for something to do. So they found and applied for an opportunity within, you know, a minute or two. And then by this morning, she had heard back and was already volunteering from home with her family today. So it's a very simple tool and very intuitive. Is this something that the nonprofits can take advantage of as well? Yeah, it certainly is. So, and we really, we really want you guys to, you nonprofit organizations. We want all organizations, big, small, grassroots, uh, individuals leading movements to post on the Alberta Cares Connector. Um, it's free and all online and it'll take, you know, about five minutes for you to set up your profile, about five minutes, uh, to post an opportunity and then, you know, you're up and going. And it's, so it's a 10 minute investment but it gives you free access to thousands of volunteers immediately. And I mean thousands. We're seeing on average between four and 5,000 people looking. And then with the announcement yesterday, um, I think we had about 70,000 people. So it's very exciting. People are very excited and keen to help out. And I suppose given today's news, the stampede uh, saying no go for 2020, there's a lot of people who took advantage of uh, the volunteer opportunities through that. You may very well see a a spike in those opportunities, given that they're not going to be taking advantage of the stampede. Yeah, absolutely. So hopefully the other organizations can benefit from those volunteers. Um, and, volu- and organizations seem to be acting quite quickly. They're, tr- they're changing their traditional positions to virtual positions so that more people um, can get in line. So uh, get in line to help. So uh, and just make sure people are. Um, I want to emphasize the importance of, you know, checking out the safety guidelines from the government um, so that if you are volunteering, you're you're staying safe. But there are loads and loads of opportunities for people to get out there and help out. Are there other kinds of prerequisites involved in terms of signing up? Do you need a, a you know, a police background check or whatever the case may be for that kind of thing? Yeah, so it totally depends on the position that the volunteer is applying for. Um, for more of the virtual positions, you're not going to need that. But um, yes, if you're working with a vulnerable sector, then you're certainly going to need your, um, to have an updated uh, criminal record check and potentially a vulnerable sector check. 
but it completely changed. Um, have- sorry, it varies from position to position, and that's all clearly laid out on the connector. I was going to ask a final question for you when it comes to um, prerequisites for those organizations as well. Is there anything that they need to be keeping in mind? Are there any restrictions or limitations on who can be involved in this? No, not right now. So if you are even an individual just doing uh, something good and positive in your community, we want you to post the opportunity on the connector. Um, We monitor the positions closely to make sure that they are safe opportunities, but um, we don't want to have any barriers in place for um, volunteer recruitment. We really want to help get as many people connected as possible. And I'll let you give out the tagline here. What is the website people can go to? Um, the website is albertacaresconnector.ca. Katie, I appreciate your time. Thanks so much for joining us. Thank you very much. Have a great day. I got this one over the email over the last few days and wanted to bring in Dr. Kwaju Pomposio. Uh, he is one of the people behind the COVID collective, c19collective.ca, if you want to check them out or on all the social media platforms. Uh, doctor, thanks so much for joining us here on the show. Give us a bit of a snapshot as to what the uh, COVID collective is all about. Um, so the C19 Collective is uh, its kind of an interesting project that was born out of um, uh, some positions. So uh, myself uh, and my co-fellow uh, Genevieve, um, that's another interesting name to, to say and spell, um, as well as some neurology residents, some hospitalists, public health uh, doctors, and then uh, communicators in the community, influencers, if you will, as, mm-hmm. as, as they call it nowadays, um, all got together and essentially just wanted to create a platform um, by which we could um, kind of dispel the misinformation um, that's out there about COVID-19. And uh, we thought that we were kind of poised um, to be able to do that effectively. My understanding is a, a big key of what you're trying to do is hit those younger audiences, those younger demographics that don't necessarily get their uh, news and their information from the traditional media sources. Absolutely. Um, I've actually had to start using Twitter a lot more because apparently that's what's hip and gets news <laughs> fast uh, nowadays. But um, that, that, that really is a, a big part of our aim is trying to really get the, the news and, and the information or the correct information really to um, everybody, but particularly trying to target people that are younger just because I think you know, if I were to lump myself in that uh, category as well, sometimes we have this idea that we're immune to everything and that um, things can't affect us as much as it can uh, people that might be a bit older. And that that's just really not true in this case. Talk a little bit about some of the misinformation, some of the more prevalent misinformation that you're hearing on a day-to-day basis. So I, I think the first one is just that, is that um, a lot of younger people don't think that they can get really ill with it. Um and I think that it's important for us to realize that we we have seen and we know that young people are getting really, really ill and unwell with this, um, as well as the people that are older. And so, you know, this virus is just too unpredictable, really, to um, make any assumptions about it at this point in time. Um, a lot of the other things that we hear about, you know, availability of certain uh, drugs that might be able to treat um, COVID-19 um, and so I think one of the key things that we're trying to get out to people really is just that right now there's a lot of 
good trials that are ongoing to see if certain medications can work. But at this point in time, we don't have anything that's proven to actually work in it. Um, and then, uh, you know, other other concerns are things about serology or, you know, antibodies to, to COVID-19. Um, is it safe to go grocery shopping? Um, concerns about masks uh, usage, um, a lot of other and kind of things along those lines that are um, out there in the media, out there in the news. And, and people tend to have kind of questions about them. How challenging is it when you have so much information coming at you on a day-to-day basis and everything seems to change by almost the hour? Uh, Extremely. And, you know, I can imagine that, you know, for somebody in the general public who is not necessarily, who may not necessarily be in um, the medical field, that can be completely, like, super overwhelming. Like, even myself, I I struggle sometimes to keep up with everything. Um, The nice thing about this is that I I feel as if because we were trying to get out there and dispel uh, misinformations, that we are forcing ourselves to keep up to date. We're forcing ourselves to go to different resources, um, not just the news, but um, reputable journals, um, reading articles, just to really try to get to the to the crux of the matter so i think um you know i'd say that this has actually been beneficial for me um, uh, on a personal level in terms of kind of expanding my knowledge but i can i could only imagine what it would be like um you know for somebody that might not be in the medical field and trying to keep up with everything Dr. Kwaju Pomposio joining us here from the COVID Collective, c19collective.ca, and all across the social media platforms. They try to dispel some of the misinformation and also bring some of that messaging on the COVID-19 pandemic to those younger audiences. And, uh, Doctor, I was, we were talking before the break about how difficult it is to navigate, uh, given kind of the fire hose mentality and trying to drink out of that fire hose. Is it difficult to navigate as well because of the different rules for different countries with different information? being presented from all of the different parties well absolutely it's um it's almost like you know you kind of have to like learn a new language almost um every time that you're going out there and and um finding different resources and but i think at the same time it's it's important um because you know we're, we're it's not just happening in canada um it's happening everywhere mm-hmm. and i think that by trying to pool resources trying to pool information that's how we're going to be able to best answer a lot of the questions that we have and so while while it's difficult um to have so many resources out there in a way it's actually kind of nice and and you know i'm grateful that we live in a day and age where you know we have things like the internet um, or the interweb, mm-hmm. um, and uh, you know we're able to get a lot of information. But it's just important that we um, accurately and appropriately kind of um, critique the information that we're receiving um, to get to the bottom of, of of what we're trying to find out. Speaking of that interweb, I know that you've had a, a few Q and A sessions with some doctors, with people who are just asking random questions. How have they been going? Because you had had one earlier this week, did you not? Yeah, so um, the C19 Collective, we have a website, a Twitter account, um, Instagram, Facebook. I don't know what other social media platforms. I guess TikTok. We don't have TikTok. I'm kidding. Um, but um, every Wednesday at 10 a.m. Um, Mountain Time or Mountain Standard Time, um, we hold a question and answer period on uh Twitter um, at C19 uh, Collective, and essentially, that's uh, we're giving people an opportunity to ask questions about um, COVID-19, ask questions about you know how do they keep themselves safe, um, and really just trying to dispel those myths. Um, 
that people might have about it. And so we had one just yesterday and we'll, we're planning on having another one next week uh, at the same time and place. How gratifying has it been to be able to go through all of this and, and maybe shed some light for people who were looking for that information? You know, it, it's been really great. I think um, the, the team is really happy with the way that things are going. Um, I'm hoping that people are happy with the way that things are going. You know, it's it's always difficult because you think you're you might think you're putting great information out there for people, but you might not necessarily always know how people are, are taking it. Um, but for the most part, uh, from what we've heard from others, from um, the feedback that we've we've received, it's all been largely positive, and so we're really happy about that. Well, job well done, Doctor. Appreciate your time. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. Yeah, thank you so much for having us. With no events, no concerts, no games going on, Kids Up Front was looking for a way of changing things up a little bit because they had that, they were able to bridge that gap. Well, they found that way to do it with Kids at Home. And I wanted to bring in Communications and Community Engagement Coordinator for Kids Up Front, Carissa Thomas. Carissa, welcome back to the program. Give us a bit of a snapshot as to what Kids at Home is all about. Yeah, thanks for having me. Uh, Kids at Home is a new online platform that we've launched uh, all across our national chapters of Kids Up Front. So in Toronto, um, Atlantic, Ottawa, Edmonton, and Calgary, it has resources available, live streams, live concerts, live experiences uh, available for children and family to access. We also have workbooks um, based on our program models. So we have a noteworthy workbook, which is all about music and learning more about um, instruments and things like that. We also have a CIBC Theatre for All workbook that goes through a bit of history on theatre and performance. And we also have our Hockey Fans in the Stands workbook and a bunch of other things for people to access from the comfort of their own home. How long has this idea been in motion? How nimble did you have to be to try to make it come to fruition here? Yeah, well, we uh, were closing our operations down on March 13th about, and right away we are starting to plan different Instagram lives, uh, gather resources and share those. And then shortly after that, about a week after, all of our national chapters decided it might be a good idea to join forces and create a whole database for everyone to access across the country, not just in Calgary. And then we launched it on Monday. So it's just started up, but it's been in the works since about March 13th. And what's the uptake been like over the last few days here? Uh, really positive response. A lot of our agencies and people that we work with who usually would be able to benefit from concert tickets and actual event tickets uh, are able to access this. And we're also printing out different workbooks and sending them out to people. So it's been a really positive response. Uh, we have some IG Lives on our own channels coming up from Kids Up Front Toronto, some cooking classes, an art night. Um, and people are really seeming to enjoy it so far. And they're available on our Instagrams as well if people want to check them out. And as I mentioned in my introduction, is it's the generosity of Canadians, Calgarians to be able to come forward and help kids up front up, uh, kids up front out. Um, is there anything that you're looking for from the population in this particular endeavor? Yeah, well, from the population right now, we're asking people to share these resources and share it with their networks so people know that there's all these things uh, able to be accessed. We're also working on a wish list from our agencies um, of things that we can do to better support families and kids who may not have access to uh, the internet, for example. So uh, if people do want to help out, we encourage them to email us at calgary at kidsupfront.com. Um, some of our agencies are looking for certain items to help with their programs, um, craft supplies, paints, things like that. 
there's a whole variety. So if anyone is interested in helping out or contributing in any way, they can definitely send us an email and we can um, align them with someone who, who needs services. And I know we're heading into a weekend as well, and so there might be some parents out there who are thinking, I need to get my kids some activities or something. This might be right up there, uh, right up their wheelhouse. So you can go to kidsupfront.com slash kids at home. Carissa, thanks so much for joining us here on the show this afternoon. Thank you so much for having me. Have a wonderful evening. Thanks again to all of our guests for joining us here on the podcast and on the show on 770CHQR. And thanks to all of you for downloading and listening. If you haven't already, make sure to hit subscribe and leave us a rating and review. Those kinds of things help spread the word about what we're doing here. And a special thanks again to executive producer Mike Tarasco and technical producer Matt Ayer for all their hard work on the show. We'll see you next time here on the Calvary Today podcast. Calvary Today.